this guy, he ends up alone several times for one reason or another. He's and he, a real big idiot. But he's, mm-hmm. he makes it out alive. Yeah, somehow. I, it would have never happened. No, somebody that stupid would have died. Well, I can't believe he was just I mean... alive, generally speaking. <laughs> How did he just not get hit by a bus or something? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Atlas No Streaming. My name is Jamie. And my name is Allison. And today we have a very special guest. This is actually, we just found out, his first Atlas podcast ever. (gasps) Our director of IT, Lane Andreessen. How are you? Couldn't be better. Thanks for having me. We decided to have Lane in on this show because, uh, well, first, we'll tell you what we're reviewing. It is a Netflix series. It uh, was just released on April 11th, and it is called Black Summer. So this is a series that uh, supposedly is a prequel to the show Z Nation, which was a sci-fi original show about zombies and the zombie apocalypse. And Black Summer is only eight episodes long about uh, just... The, the very beginnings of this apocalypse, I would assume. I've actually never seen Z Nation. I don't know how much different this would be if we had all seen it, because I don't think any of us have seen Z Nation. Mm-mm. But no. the show stands alone yeah, on its own, and it's fine. Um, but we decided to have Lane in on this episode because uh, not only is Lane a big movie, TV fan like we are, but he also really loves zombie and horror flicks. So we, we thought we would uh, have him come along, so we're excited to have him with us today. So Black Summer, like Jamie said, it came out on April 11th. It stars Jamie King. I don't know what else she is in. She is in White Chicks. White Chicks. <laughs> you wouldn't recognize her in Black Summer. No. no. Not at all. She's been in a lot, though. I know who she is because I'm obsessed with Taylor Swift, and she's one of Taylor Swift's best friends. She's a model, right? I think so. Model, activist, actress, obviously. So each episode, they are there's eight of them, and they vary in length, anywhere from 20 minutes to up to 50 minutes. And the way that it's shot and presented, I would say, is kind of like chapters, mm-hmm. where if you've ever watched um, Ozark, it kind of reminds me of that. At Ozark, they show like the four different themes. It's not nearly as... Um, ambiguous but the way that it's shot is many different perspectives and like literally like different angles of the same scene and how they all come together and how the different characters who start out so distant from each other how they cross paths come together and it I like that about it because it shows that each perspective comes into form one bigger story mm-hmm and the first couple episodes really highlight that. There's a few scenes that are repeated back to back, but just from different characters' perspectives. There is a character that gets, uh, she's like arguing with her boyfriend and then gets hit by a car and then turns. And so there's a few different perspectives of that. And what I thought was really interesting was that girl who turns, we see a little bit of her story, which normally in a zombie show, movie, anything with zombies, you never really get the perspective of a zombie so I thought that was kind of cool watching her run around looking for you know brains people to eat so I thought that was really interesting I like the chapter aspect too it's different some of them are really really short and it's just you know a quick little snippet of something that happened and then we you know go to a different group and like Allison said the story kind of comes together these groups kind of become one towards the end all these different stories and that's another thing that's really interesting about this show is Aside from our lead, Jamie King, her name is Rose, we don't know any of the backstories of these people. We just know that Rose and her husband and her daughter, daughter was maybe like 12 maybe, yeah. they are trying to leave and it's, there's some some you know military representatives that are taking people in, but they're vetting them very intensely. And her husband has some sort of cut or sore on his stomach so they start to ambush him they take the daughter and she gets taken away and so rose's big 
you know, plot point is I have to get back to my daughter. I need to go to the stadium. That's where they're taking everybody to be um, airlifted out. And uh, her husband eventually turns as well. And he is killed by a man that at first we think is a military representative, but uh, is not. Mm -hmm. He stole the uniform after he murdered the military guy that uh, was keeping him hostage for and again we don't know exactly what he was being arrested for the only true backstory we know is rose and her husband and daughter everyone else we don't really know anything about except what they choose to kind of tell the other characters in the story Mm -hmm. and one thing that's really unique and kind of adds to the intensity of the show is when somebody anytime anyone dies they turn and when they turn it's fast it can happen within a matter of 10 seconds so Mm -hmm. if your husband you know your husband rose's husband gets killed and then he turns into a zombie right away it's like you don't even get to mourn the loss of the fact that your husband the love of your life was just killed oh nope now they're a zombie and they're coming after you in 10 seconds which is crazy and we don't really have a motive as to why the zombies are after the people. Is it because they're hungry? Is it, you know, just this virus that goes after them? Because it's not like they sit there and, like, feast on these people, I would say. No. It's it's really unique. Compared more to, rage. Yeah, yeah, more rage. And, yeah, their eyes turn crazy and they will – they're fast. They're really fast and they stop at nothing. In fact, there's a scene where one guy lances uh, laying on top of that school bus and he thinks like, okay, maybe the zombie will go away, but it's almost like they can smell them. And he just stands there and waits for Lance to mm-hmm. wake up so he can get after him. And he even tries to, yeah, get on top of the, the bus and eventually, I don't, I don't remember exactly how that zombie gets out, but yeah, there's, a, there's Lance's, we don't really know anything about Lance except that he's kind of dumb <laughs> And there's a scene where they're in this, like a school, and the school episode is probably one of my favorites, probably one of the best uh, of the whole uh, season, in my opinion. They're trying to take shelter in the school, and Spears is the name of the military guy. What is his real name? Uh, we his, find out his real end. name is Julian James. Julian James, but his the uniform has the name Spears, so we know him as Spears for most of the show. Um, his one rule is we hear anything we see anything we're gone we are not staying here and uh lance is there's a deaf guy with their group and um he starts kind of playing on the drums and rose is like no no no, we have to be quiet and then lance like immediately after that happens just starts like banging on the drums and julian like throws him up against the wall (laughs) and he's just like we will drop you we will leave you here and you can't come with us if you're going to be like this. So the fact that this guy, he ends up alone several times for one reason or another. He's and he, a real big idiot. But he's, mm-hmm. he makes it out alive. Yeah, somehow. I, it would have never happened. No, somebody that stupid would have died. Well, I can't it believe he's just I mean... alive, generally speaking. <laughs> How did he just not get hit by a bus or something? He's I, I will say the one thing, though. Watching Lance, there was an episode where he constantly got chased. And as soon as he thought he was safe, he was chased again. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what it would be like in real life. You nonstop, you can't, you just got to go, go, go. And mm-hmm. I was like, I was on the edge of my seat a couple of times, just like hide, hide, go, go. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought they did a great job from that single zombie chasing that single person for literally the entire episode. Yep. It was it great job. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really, one of the things I really liked about this show was that we would spend one episode on just one person. And then the next episode, we'd go through a couple different stories, a couple different uh, perspectives. So that, I think that one was called Alone with Just Lance, mm-hmm. where we're yep. following him the whole time. The other group of people that we're following is uh, a Mexican man named William. And, uh, well, it starts off with this woman named Barbara, and she is in a car and is trying to get to the stadium, and some man is basically begging her to let him in the car with her, saying, you know, I'll protect you, like, please, you know, please help me. I have children. Are you a Christian woman? Et cetera, et cetera. Well, this made me so angry. I was watching it, and I was like... And she I- was so resistant, and then she lets him in. And then he's like, get out. 
and as soon as he gets in then William comes in and is like you know the shit out of him yes and I was like (laughs) instant karma at least because that guy was awful was it Velez William Velez yes something like yeah he was a great character I he was probably my favorite he was the one I feel like who had the most heart especially when it came to Sun the uh Taiwanese character who um, jumped in the van with with Barbara and and William, and they're driving towards the stadium, and um, Sun doesn't speak any English, which I thought this was so fascinating to think of it from that perspective as somebody, you know, who does not speak the language of everyone around you and that language barrier, and she still managed to communicate with these people in the best way that she could, and she kind of even picked up a little bit of what they were saying, trying to, you know, you know, with her broken English. Um, but that's, that has to be so terrifying to be the only person around you who speaks that language and during an apocalypse, like how hard. And you can only, you can only imagine, um, her backstory if she was in the United States. We're assuming this is kind of on the Western coast, Western half of the United States. And we're thinking like LA is where this probably was. Yeah. Or like in the Valley, I would say maybe, but what were the circumstances that she's there? You wonder about all these people, you know. Her family. Yeah. Well, she was trying to find her mother, right? She mm-hmm. kept saying. Yes. Yep, she just wanted to find her mother. So which which is worse, not speaking the language or being deaf like Ryan? I would, uh, if you're deaf, you're done. Yeah. Unless you have help. Yeah. And and we'll, we'll talk about Ryan in a second because his story breaks my heart. Um, but son, William and Barbara in the car together and, um, they kind of established like there's a really sweet scene where they're singing together and it's almost normal. You know, Mm -hmm. these, these strangers that came together and William even says, you know, like, well, can't say it was nice to meet you, you know, like this, we wouldn't have met each other if, you know, all this hadn't have happened. And then they start getting followed by these people in a black truck and, um, son makes the assumption that, you know, they're trying to siphon their gas or I don't know, just take their belongings which they don't have anything barbara ends up getting killed and turned and uh, the driver of the truck after a bit of a a car chase also gets killed and um so they all hide out in a diner and it's um what just seems like this like meth head guy and uh two passengers who are dating william and son that are stuck in the mm-hmm. diner for a while. It's William, son, Carmen, who is another girl. There's Carmen's boyfriend, Manny. And then there's Phil. He's kind of the meth head guy. And they kind of have this, um, you know, they're they're hiding out there. And there's food there, which is great. But there are these zombie people outside after them banging on the windows. And, and they say, you know, we're trapped here unless we kill them. Or mm-hmm. do something, and but they can't figure out what's their weak point because you know they shoot them over and over again, and it's like they can't be put down. So they kind of formulate a plan mm-hmm. to, and they keep saying the horde is coming. You know they can't stay there for very long anyway. Mm-hmm. So they're you know they're on a bit of a time crunch, and this actually really bothered me because, and this is how I feel maybe about like every zombie show. I I assume that the idea of zombies doesn't exist because they have no idea what to do like you know people you know the dead coming back to life is not something that is in pop culture it's not something that's in history because they have no idea how to handle it they have no idea like in in the same group of people like they did they formulate this plan to go out and just start beating up the zombies (laughs) and i'm like well that's obviously not going to work (laughs) and you know we all you know from watching these shows and movies you know our whole lives no, shoot him in the head. Like, I kept saying that several times. I'm like, hit him in the head, hit him in the head. And they don't know that. Or right. isn't it also to set him on fire? Yeah, I feel like burning them is a thing. Um, it, it took a long time. They kept shooting him in the torso and the legs and everything. And it's like, eventually, wouldn't you just try to shoot him in the head? Yeah, I mean, that gets anybody. <laughs> yeah. I did, I did see, though, that these zombies always move. I mean, they don't sit still. They don't move slow. So it is a bit tougher to shoot him in the head. But they never tried for, like, episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's it's hit him in the head with a frying pan. <laughs> but in any flesh wound, it doesn't affect them. You know, it slows them down for a quarter of a second, and then they're like... Right. <clears throat> they, yep. sh- they shot him in the knees, which is a good idea, but it had no effect no. on these zombies. The diner, I found it weird that there was no roof access. 
Yeah. You know, for a big standalone building, no roof access at all. I was like, get to the roof, get to the roof, because you always get to the roof in zombie movies. Yep, that's true. And then the other group, which is Rose, Spears, Julian, and they acquire Lance and um, the, the deaf guy, Ryan. And they're in the school and we find out that this school's it's basically like a, a Lord of the Flies situation where there's a bunch of young boys that have basically formed an army in this school. And they use this little boy as bait. And Rose, you know, I think just from the fact that she's a little delirious and is also missing her daughter is very trusting of this child. Whereas Spears is not, and she keeps, you know, they see a boy at the end of the hallway and he runs away and she's like, we have to go get that boy. We have to go protect him and save him. And Spears is like, this is not our problem. That's, we don't know who that kid is. He could be bait, which he was right. She, they find out that these boys are, that the boy was bait and they're trying to take their gun. They only have one gun that um, Julian got off of the, of the real Spears and uh, they want the gun and they, keep Ryan hostage they find him and this part's so sad they're at like a standoff in the middle of the hallway and the boys are like give us the gun and we'll give you your friend back and Julian's like oh hell no we're not doing that and Rose is trying to you know compromise and um so they take he has a you know bag over his head they take the bag off and they said okay if if he moves we shoot him and the kid wielding the gun is probably Six, seven, seven, and seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and keep in mind again, Ryan's deaf. He cannot hear this conversation happening, and they know that. Yeah, and he, you know, kind of takes a step forward to his group, and then gets killed, and it then immediately so becomes sad. a zombie, and then chases after his people. Mm-hmm. And the kids have it set up in the school where they have different doors that are locked. They have different booby traps that are down, booby traps, all this stuff, and it's just you wonder. I wondered, like, what their motives are for this. I mean, how do they all get there, too? Like, Do you guys remember right before they entered the school, there was a scene, and there was a guy, and there was his dog? Mm-hmm. Yes. And the guy didn't say a single word to any of those people entering the school. Mm-hmm. Could have said something. Mm-hmm. Yep. But then he joins them later. Yes, and at the end, they're trying to escape. They trap uh, the turned Ryan back in the school. It's that same guy. He opens the door for them, and they run. And this is when they leave Lance the first time. And uh, so it's just Rose, Julian, and this this man that isn't talking to them. And there's a scene where Lance sees the dog. And again, that's the connection later on. The dog was this quiet man's dog. And everyone ends up making it to this, like warehouse of some sort they they find out that there's a place that uh, people are there's like a collection of weapons and guns and they know that that's what they need the stadium is downtown and there's just a slew of zombies there there's no way they're going to be able to get through that into the stadium without weapons so they make their way to the warehouse and uh and the group that's at the diner too they end up using phil as bait and that's when everybody kind of comes together Phil wants to kill Sun because he thinks that her language barrier is a weakness when, and this is what I loved about William is he's like, no, she saved my life, which she did. And uh, he, you know, doesn't even know this woman, but he feels very protective of her. And, you know, she's kind of part of his group now. And no, he's the father of daughters. He says he has two girls and, you know, she has, was helpful in the scene where they're driving around in the van and the people that were with Phil in the truck end up kind of betraying him, hitting him on the back of the head with a frying pan and mm-hmm. throwing him out. And that is when uh, Rose and Spears and uh, who the heck else is with them? The, the quiet man that we don't know. The quiet man, the dog guy. <laughs> they all see the, these people throw their friend out of a diner and these zombies attack them. And then, you know, they shoot these zombies and they all kind of come together and has Lance joined them again? No, yet? Lance got He's passed out. Yeah, he got um, well like, picked up and taken to the warehouse. Oh, that's he right. Was, that's he right. was like oh, yeah. up in the warehouse, and this part really confused me. I didn't know exactly what was going on, especially since they film it from so many different perspectives. I was like, "What's the goal here?" Because maybe I missed it, but they didn't talk. I didn't understand like what their 
their goal was, but it was essentially to ambush these people, take their weapons, and then get the heck out of there. Yeah. And um, because obviously they need the weapons to get through the city center. And we're we're assuming that Manny knew the people running, because it was a big drug operation. Yeah. Yeah, I was really confused. I'm like, how did this, you know, there's this, this big guy who, you know, pats him down. He tries to assault Rose. Um, yeah, why was Rose the only one that just got, like, kept there? I don't know. <clears throat> she was bait. Ugh. Well, yeah, she was there. Oh, to that's dis- right. He's like, hey, like what you see. And it was her yeah. and his girlfriend. That's right. To it was, distract. You know? Yeah, it was weird with just the way that they shoot it because it has all these different, it's following each individual and in their particular part in this ambush. Um, but I'm guessing that it was this big drug operation and that they're like, oh, if you want drugs, give us your weapons. There's a scene where somebody throws a knife down and they, you know, throw them onto the floor. And um, it's really elaborate. And it's it made me, like, happy to see them all working together. Mm-hmm. But obviously everything doesn't go according to plan when things go crazy because... Now, Carmen decides to just stab some guy in the head. While they are, um, or actually, maybe not the head. It was like the cheek or something. She so like he cut wouldn't... him in the neck. In the neck, cut him in yeah. the neck. They cut the power. She stabs him in the neck. He dies. He becomes a zombie, and then all hell yeah. breaks loose. And I don't think that was part of the plan because the title card that came up was not part of the plan. Is what and it said. <laughs> I just don't know what her motive was for that. I thought maybe at first, like, oh, maybe she wants to cause a diversion so they can like take all these weapons and get away. But in the process, Sun and Manny are in like the rafters basically. Oh, that's right. He gets shot. Yeah, he gets shot through and then he turns in there. That was really scary. And so Sun's like, you know, crawling through with this bag of guns and um, ends up escaping. And Julian shoots him in the head because by the time she makes it the way out, he happens to be there, which is, you know, really good timing. And again, yeah, this is where we find Lance again. Yeah. Lance is there. I'm assuming he is like high or something because he's super super out of it and at one point rose like slaps him across the face is like wake up (laughs) and you know they're running they're trying to get out of this this place you know with all these weapons and um there are two like soldiers that we see at the beginning of the episode you know with binoculars observing them and they say okay we're gonna guide you we're gonna take you um to the city center um, here's like a safe place that you can come to in this warehouse and we'll, you guys get some rest and then, you know, we'll handle things. Which was, did they have a motive? I mean, they, they knew who Julian was mm-hmm. and well, they, they knew who Spears was. Yes. And they saw on his uniform, um, the name. And so they knew that that wasn't who he was. And so everyone else gets a little bit of sleep. Rose wakes up and Spears, Julian is gone and she hears, them taking him down the tunnel there which it, this is so interesting because and julie makes a really good point you know they're like oh he's a murderer he you know did all these bad things he's a bad guy and you know rose is like oh shit you know like i didn't really know who julian was but he makes a point like does it really matter you know and, and it brings up a good point if something like this were to actually happen in real life does any of that matter who we were does that matter anymore? And he proved himself to be a leader. He protected these people. He brought them to safety. He had really good ideas. He had the weapon. You know, none of these people would be alive if he hadn't have helped them out. Does it matter what he did? And plus, we we don't really know what he did. We're just going off episode one where these soldiers are like, this yeah. is a bad guy. You know, maybe he killed people in self-defense or something. Mm-hmm. I think that these soldiers, their unit was dirty because in the first episode, they have Julian and Julian says, if you let me go, I'll tell you where the loot is. Oh, that's right. And he mm-hmm. mentions it a second time. You know, I know yeah. where the loot is. So I think that these cops are dirty because, or cops, that these military men were dirty. And they act, they're super weird. And they act very suspicious around the group. Yeah. And they, they don't seem very like, oh, we're here to help you. It was very... And, and you know what? They really don't know anything either. You know, they're asking questions and... Rose says, who's in command? How do you have this information? Because they tell him Denver was one of the first places to get hit and go black, meaning everything's kind of infested and there's only dead people there. And then the coast, the West Coast starts going black. And that's where we kind of hear for the first time that 
all the jets that are flying over they're bombing these black cities to you know try and take out as many of these zombies as they mm-hmm. can and i think that's why i mean that's the the motive to get to the stadium to get you know evacuated and why they have these military checkpoints because they're going to bomb these areas to try and wipe out these people but it's kind of like you know you think about if something like something like this were to happen um you know like you said Jamie that people don't know how to handle these zombies well does the government even have a plan for something like this I'm surprised they- there is a government you know <laughs> like how how is the government still operating well, at it, this and point it's, it's lawless like you said I mean whatever Spears did in the past or Julian did in the past it doesn't really matter it's all about survival at this point mm-hmm. and people are going to do whatever they're going to do I mean, obviously, it's uh, murder to kill these people. Right. But are they people? What are, you it know? makes me think of uh, The Walking Dead, which is, uh, I, to be honest, don't haven't watched like the past like season and a half. But Morgan, you know, believed that, you know, murder was still wrong. And he still had all of these morals and all of these values well into the apocalypse and everyone's trying to tell him like it doesn't matter anymore like we need to find a new way of being and surviving and that's kind of what rose does she shoots both of the soldiers and then they all leave and make their way to the to downtown to the stadium and it's chaos we lose some of our main characters we lose carmen she gets bit we lose lance again (laughs) Don't know what happened to him. He runs away. I think he creates a diversion. And poor William, he hurt. He said it was from a previous injury. He like hurt his ankle. And so he's kind of dead weight at this point. They're making their way through and this horde is running after them. And William just says, just leave me. And then, you know, Rose to save him in a way, shoots him in the head. So he, you know, doesn't have to turn. And I was watching this with Jake and he said, that he was like, well, it's one less zombie. She probably not only wanted to, you know, save him the the pain of dying and, you know, turning, and also one less zombie that's chasing them. It's a little dignity, dignified way to die. Yeah. Uh, I, I, If it were me, I don't want to get shot in the head. Just give me some ammo and let me try to take out as many of the horde and buy some time. Yeah. Because it didn't really buy her any time. No. It, only, it took time. You know, so that's William's true. like, I'm like, I just, I know that's how I would, you know, if I can't go, let me try to take out as many zombies as I can, give you as much time as possible. Yeah. Because I was shocked that she shot him in the head. And I get why she did it, but I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. They end up getting to, I think it's just Rose, Julian, and I think that's it, and Son. Son is still yeah. with them. And they make it to the stadium, and there's nobody there. And it's heartbreaking because this is, you know, Rose's whole journey is to find her daughter and she gets there and there's nobody there and then you see at the top of the stairs there's just some man that shows up and then her daughter and then she starts running towards her and then it cuts to black and it's over and that made me so mad because of all the people that were still there her daughter was one of them Mm -hmm. it's just with this yeah well i don't know if I guess I'd have to rewatch episode one to see if that guy was there when the daughter got lifted up onto the mm-hmm. truck. And maybe he stayed with her the entire well, time. Well, she was in the back of that car. The little girl was? No, that was somebody else. Was it? Yeah, you're, I know what scene you're talking about where they see the car and then they see it later. Yeah. And oh. it's like the little girl. That was somebody else. Okay, my B. Yep, yep. Um, so I'm wondering, I'll, I'll rewatch episode one and see if that guy, because they don't really zoom in on him at the stadium. You don't get a no. good look at him. So uh, who is this guy, you know? The, uh, the scene leading right up to the stadium, I thought, was probably how it would play out in real life. A bunch of civ- civilians with automatic weapons trying to make their way through a crowd of zombies, and there's friendly fire everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, you turn to shoot somebody, and you actually shoot, you know, a, a, a person, a person yeah. and they're like, oh, crap. But that's how it would be. These aren't trained, you know, soldiers. And it's right. just chaos. It was a very good scene. I thought I really liked it, too. It yeah. was stressful. It was stressful. Yeah, because yeah. I can't remember, you know, Jane, or, um, Jamie King, Rose accidentally shoots somebody. She's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I shot you in the heart, and now you're about to turn to a zombie. My bad. And it's... 
the, where they're running through is like a, this cool, like very interesting architecturally speaking, because it has a lot of hiding spaces and, you know, they can duck and they can move um, kind of like you would in like paintball or something is right. what I think of. There's a lot of blinds. There's different ways you can move through. Yeah. And it's crazy. And the like the what's so crazy about it compared to, I think, a lot of other zombie movies is everyone is sick. Everyone has this virus. And yeah. I know in Z Nation, um, just because I did a little bit of reading on it, is kind of like in I Am Legend, there's one guy who has the antibodies and it's this one dude in Z Nation who survives. And so Z Nation takes place like three years after apparently when all this goes down and he's the one survivor and they need to get him to, you know, this place, you know, so they can make a vaccine, but everyone is sick. And so it makes me think, I know Lane has a little bit of a science background too. It's like, well, what part of, you know, the dying or what part of being bitten by a zombie turns that virus on and changes that part of your brain? Um, Cause I find that kind of, that backstory super interesting. Like I love that about I am legend, how they kind of run those science experiments on those people. Yeah. Most zombie movies, uh, they, and again, I think of walking dead and then I think of like zombie land. It's just, it's just something that happens. And when you die, you get it. Lane, would you say more often than not, it's that way? Like, we, there's no rhyme or reason why this is happening, or it's a virus of some kind? It, it almost always seems like it's some virus, you know? I mean, you'd have to go way back to the early days of zombie movies, you know, where the person was buried, and then they come back to life, you know, and then they're just super hungry, and they're wandering around trying ravenous, you know? But everything after that was instantaneous you know you get bit i guess we assume that the virus is just inside every human being something must have happened but yeah sort of airborne thing they do mention that they say hawaii is shooting down every plane that approaches them um so and you know they say other parts of the world haven't been affected yet and that the safe places people are trying i think they said people are trying to go north or people are trying to go south so it makes me think that it's a U.S. contained Just a U.S. thing. thing. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, I know Lane read some about it, and I did too. It's kind of like, it's a, I think it's like a really cultural narrative yeah. on, like, the U.S. I mean. I would 100% believe in the second season, if we get one, that we find out that it was something from the government, mm. an airborne thing. Some, to like wipe out the population yeah or you know some pesticide or something, something crazy yeah, something like that maybe not intentional yeah but something that happened mm-hmm. just to americans yeah probably intentional probably <laughs> intentional <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um so let's talk a little bit like background about the movie about the cast the writing and then some other zombie stuff so lane hmm you are our resident um, elder. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more about zombie movies or like older zombie movies or or themes of yeah, just zombies. Kind of like the history of this <clears throat> this type of movie. I, I remember the so yes, I'm considerably older. Thank God. We no, don't, you're not. Thank God we don't have uh, cameras on this. <laughs> the the very first zombie show movie I ever saw was uh, back in the 70s. I think, golly, 1974 or something like that. It was uh, called The Night Stalker. It was a television series. And Darren McGavin was, I think that was his name, something like that, was the lead. And he was just a reporter from Chicago, and he would go check in on all these stories. But the second episode was about a zombie. And so... The zombie was somebody that was cursed from a Haitian person who was, you know, the religion was voodoo. <laughs> and so, sure enough, if you uh, research what zombies are, it really started from West Africa a long, long time ago, like 16th century. Oh, wow. And then um, through slave trading and stuff like that, all these West Africans wind up in Haiti for... Uh, to work on sugar plantations. Well, the religion is voodoo, and so what they do is um, people get 
injected with a neurotoxin that's from like oh. a puffer fish. It's called a, a tetrahexo something or another, but it's the same neurotoxin found in puffer fish. So people go into a catatonic state and they think they're dead and they get buried alive. Oh. Well, then they go back later and they bring them up, right? Because they were in a coffin. Well, they're so freaking hungry and ravenous and they're just going around to eat anything um, is oh. the lore and the legend behind Interesting. it. Yeah. And so that's exactly how they did it on the Night Stalker. And the way you disable a true zombie is to, while they're in a state of sleep, you pour salt in their mouth and you sew their lips shut. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then that basically uh, disables the zombie, you know, from whatever. Kills them. Interesting. Salt kills a lot of what? When do the zombies Bacteria? sleep? Well, they, they, when they, they just go into these moments of rest, right? Even like you see in um, I Am Legend, right? How they all like hover together. Yeah, they, they, you know, they're, it's their downtime, I guess. <laughs> You can only run around so fast for so long. I feel like the zombies in this show don't sleep. No. Because even when Lance is laying on top of that bus, that zombie's there and he's like... He, but he's, yeah, he was just kind of moving back and forth or shaking or something like just waiting. Because I truly, they're pretty much brain dead. Although these are pretty smart zombies. Yeah. The one zombie that chases Lance or follows Lance into the supermarket store. Yeah. Which really irritated me. Lance, yeah, he's like getting a whole basket full of stuff. Barricade the dang door. <laughs> like, oh, I better go back and get a can opener for my canned soup. It's like, dude, wh what are you going to carry? Where are you going? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just chill there? Getting some beer. and Yeah, he had Miller like, Lite, and I was like, Lance. Was it odd to you, I know we're getting sidetracked, that that store was 100% fully functional it and, was, and yeah. I mean, all the refrigeration yeah, is working. Yeah, I, I couldn't figure out the that's electricity. Tr yeah, that's like, true. Like, why some things had electricity, but then like all the cars are like busted. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like, why was the power working for these places? Not like they have backup generators, but like, you know, it was impossible to find a freaking car that would work. Yeah, and. They're out of gasoline to the point where they're like chasing other people down in their cars, but yeah, the how are the just how are the power plants working? I don't. I was I read something interesting about this show and about I Am Legend and others is that the people are the virus, and that's huh. why all they do is attack, 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 just like virus does, right? So a virus wants to keep attacking healthy cells and take over until there's nothing left, and that's. So that's almost, if you look at it, I mean, it's so instantaneous, right? It's like, yeah. nope, the people are the virus. Something just unleashed them. Interesting. Brought them out of their dormant state. I've mm -hmm. actually heard a theory that that is our, the human purpose is to infest the planet mm. like a virus until there's nothing left, which... Uh, we're doing we're, a good job. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're well on our way doing yeah, that. Yeah, we are. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And this um, show also, I watched a clip of an interview that Jamie King did when she read the script, and she said that it was one of the best scripts she's ever read, and she knew when she read it, she had to be Rose. And she talked to the writer and was asking him all these questions, and he said that he wrote this as kind of a love letter to his wife and to women in a way, because, you know, in it, the entire theme is... The one thing that is driving Rose, everyone has, you know, their thing that they, you know, they want to survive, obviously, but she is adamant about getting to the stadium and being reunited with her daughter so much so that she hallucinates seeing her daughter. Yeah, that, that was a sad scene. And um, she says, you know, I can't help but think that this is kind of an allegory for a lot of the detention camps that are going on in Mexico. And you mm -hmm. think about, you know, um, immigrants, you know, yeah, they're breaking the law. They're doing things that they know are wrong and aren't the right way to go about it. But for them, it's 100% about survival. 99% of those people, it's about survival. In this show, yeah, there are some people who have poor motives. They're out there to, you know, um, distribute drugs or whatever. But most people, they're there to survive and they're going to do anything that they can. I think it's a really impactful statement and it's i can see i can understand why someone would 
draw those parallels between the two. And we had talked about this a little bit before we started recording that William, again, he is he's a Mexican man and he's separated from his family. And that is something that uh, we had noticed about this character specifically was that he was intentionally separated from his family. And that can be kind of, you know, alluded to how, you know, Mexican, again, you know, Mexican families are being separated in the United States. Um, and what I thought was so amazing was he was the most selfless person out of every character that we got to know. I would say Rose is probably a close second because she cared so much about the little boy and she, you know, didn't want to leave anybody behind. Yeah, she cared about Ryan. She cared about Lance. She wanted, you know, she has this maternal instinct about her. But I think William, too, you know, he sacrificed himself and he, you know, he put himself on the line with with Phil in the diner when Phil was trying to get everybody to gang up against Sun and kill her or use her as bait for these zombies outside and he refused to let them do that and he was you know kind of put himself in front of her and they're like oh you know trying to convince him like you know we can work together like we can you know I know where this warehouse we can get all these weapons and you know we, we can survive and we can you know get get what we need and I can get you what you need and he's like I she saved my life and I'm not going to just abandon her like that. And you think about it, you probably don't know a lot of people who would do that if this had happened in real life. Somebody, you know, a total stranger that you would just literally put yourself in front of to save their life. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing that you, Allison, I think you brought up earlier was, or maybe Jamie, it doesn't matter what you did before yeah. all of this, but you can always see true character come out yeah. in people in times of crisis. You don't have to watch a show to see it. You know, I mean, here in the Midwest, we had tons of floods and people's true character come out. Somebody's going to try to take advantage of a situation yeah. and profit themselves, but others pitch in and really help. And William's true character showed Phil was just the skeeziest person. He was trying to separate the two groups, yeah. pit them against each other or pit them against Sun. And you know William saw it, but he was like, I got to figure a way out of this thing, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, people's true character always come out. But I think, too, like people who watch this will identify and understand putting themselves in Rose's shoes or these other people's shoes. Um, they understand. That's what makes it difficult is they understand the links that these people would go to I think about kind of like that um that show like what would you do where they like secret record people well yeah it's the same type of thing you know if if you were put into this situation we all would like to think that we would be the ones that would help to save others and sacrifice ourselves and do anything for our loved ones but at the end of the day no matter how good I have been or how awful somebody has been in times of crisis they are gonna show up or they're going to well, you ruin everything. Yeah, yeah, nobody really knows how they're going to act. I mean, in any crisis. Right. You, I mean, you just don't know. Yeah, until it happens. And, and that doesn't mean, like, let's say something happens and, and I bolt. I just take off because I'm afraid. That doesn't make me a bad person. I hope that I would come around and realize, okay, i got to go back and help these people. Oh, God, mm-hmm. I hope I would. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't. I mean, we, we never know until we're faced with it. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Hopefully we never are with a, a True. zombie apocalypse. True. But, but I would definitely move north. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, you know, with the uprising of zombies, I think The Walking Dead is one of the most prolific zombie shows out there. And then there's other movies. I think about like World War Z. I think about, Lena and I talked about 28 Days Later and 28 Weeks Later. 28 Days Later is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And um, now there's got to be people out there who like have their zombie apocalypse uh, preparedness kit and they know what the heck to do. So, well, exactly. And that's what I had brought up in the beginning that, you know, in this show, it's like zombies have never existed in pop culture or anything. Mm -hmm. If this were to happen in our universe, we would know what to do. (laughs) I hope. I hope, unless they're different zombies that are somehow impervious to brain damage. And it's probably not going to be zombies obviously but it could be something but karen and i uh my wife karen and i read this uh, great trilogy called dice the fire and basically something happens globally like a, a giant solar flare but it sends the world back into the dark ages there's no gunpowder there's no combustion there's no engines there's no wow. anything 
and two groups form. I mean, agrarian and soldiers, and there's bad people and good people, but um, the skill set was necessary. To, there were certain skill sets required to survive the bad people out there. And so I always think there are groups out there that are preparing for something. You, we, we always see them, you know, Montana or... No, I, I kid, I kid. <laughs> but, but there are. There's, there's, what do you call them, doomsday? Doomsday uh, preppers. Yes, yeah. doomsday preppers, you know. Those Some, are the people you want to find. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're buying silos all over the U.S. and turning them into apartments. Yep, yep. To ride out the storm. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, let's get into our review of this show. Uh, mm-hmm. We go on a five-star review system. I will start, I think... There's a lot I liked about this show, and there's a lot that I didn't. Um, So I'll give it a three out of five. And my reasoning is um, the good. I thought that just the way the story was told is really interesting. I think I brought it up with um, both Allison and Lane individually. I I felt like it was kind of like a video game as far as the... And you guys have, you know, heard me talk about, like, the cinematography. That's a big thing for me when watching anything. How, you know, there are these 360 angles following people around, continuous shots. There's not a lot of, you know, multicam shots, which I absolutely love in anything that I watch. It just shows a lot of dedication from the actors and from everyone behind the camera and just a lot of skill. So I thought that that was really cool. It reminded me of a video game Mm -hmm. when you, you know, just be following somebody the whole time and the camera doesn't stop. I thought that was really cool. Um, I thought that, you know, the chapter aspect of it was really interesting. You know, the story wasn't um, all in just one timeline. It was kind of broken and went back and forth. I liked that. I thought some of the, there wasn't really a lot of character development, but just the characters that we got to know, I really enjoyed um, that both the good and the bad. I wish there was more. I felt as though especially the last few episodes are so short. I feel like there's so much more we could have seen that we didn't. Um, There's a lot left to be told and that could all be solved with, you know, a season two or season three. But um, I also just thought the ending was really unrealistic. Um, And it would have, I thought it would have maybe been better if it had been left open, maybe, as opposed to just seeing her daughter run towards her, maybe, you just see Rose's face. We're like, oh, who does she see or something? I, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that would have been better, yeah. in my opinion. Um, I just thought that ending was was kind I wouldn't say it was a ripoff. It was just like, it just wasn't what I wanted it to it be. It was like too easy. <laughs> yeah, it just, yeah. So three out of five. I love zombie flicks and shows. And um, so this was, this was a fun treat for me. I loved the special effects of the zombies. I thought it was really cool how fast they ran and how, you know, you know, vicious they were as opposed to, you know, Walking Dead where they're just, you know, kind of stumbling around mm-hmm. and they're not very violent. <laughs> so it was definitely a change of pace. I, I did like it, but... Definitely some things that could have been better. I'm going to go ahead and also rate this a three out of five. I did really enjoy some of the deeper themes and motifs. I loved the Lord of the Flies kind of sense that we get from the kids in the school and the constant like separation and bringing back together because I do think that it lends like an idea that, you know, sticking together is almost always going to be more successful than trying to fend on your own. And um, I'm really passionate about um, some of the themes of, you know, how a mother would do anything to protect their child, especially Jamie bringing up, uh, Jamie King bringing up stuff about, um, you know, the work camps on the Mexican border. I think that is really, really powerful. And I did like the perspectives and how um, each character did have their own um, role in each of the big scenes. Um, But I wish I would have had a little bit more background, more character development, and just because it would give me a little bit more investment into some of the characters. And it would help me, you know, when Barbara dies by flying through a window, I'm like, oh, damn, that was dramatic. But it's like, or she's dead, whatever. Like, we don't know much about her. Um, but I would recommend it. You know, it's not that long, so it's something that you can watch quickly. And I definitely think that if you have watched Z Nation, which none of us have, it's probably would be a great addition since it is a prequel to this. It would be 
um, nice to kind of see how how this evolves into you know three years later. I uh, I can totally appreciate the three stars. I'm going to give it four, and the reason being is probably not related to the series itself. But I've watched so many crappy series lately. <laughs> yeah. There's so much junk out there. And it, this one I liked. I mean, there, there's holes in it. There's holes in everything. And sometimes you just check your brain at the door a little bit. W- one scene in particular stood out, and you're like, okay, no. Son is looking at a map that is clearly in English and trying to tell William, turn left, turn right, do all this stuff. Yeah. you know. And it's like a great scene, but it's like, nah. But I, I, I've learned um, check your brain at the door once in a while. But I loved how they did it. You talked about the perspective angle and the chapters. Heist episode for me was awesome. It was kind yeah. of a Ocean's Eleven, you know, without the comedy. And I just loved how they, and that's the first time everybody came together, truly. They don't give you any background on when they planned it all, mm-hmm. but it, that, that's fine. I can, I can live with it. Um, I liked it. I'm going to give it four. It was fast enough it, it, from an episode, episode point of view. Um, I know we're almost out of time, but if anybody, for our listeners out there, Kingdom on Netflix is a Ooh. Korean zombie movie Ooh, based I on... I love Asian horror so Well, this much. is based on feudal Korea or feudal China in around the 18th century. Okay. So good. So good because there's so many little um, twists that you don't know about. So I just finished that about four weeks ago, and then this one came out. But, yep, I'll give it, uh, I'll give Black Summer four stars. Another good zombie show that is way more comedic uh, that is also on Netflix, Santa Clarita Diet. Oh, my gosh. Hilarious. I can't even watch it. It's so gross. It is very gory. It is very gory. But it stars uh, Drew Barrymore, and I absolutely love her. Yes. Great, great show. Three seasons. So if you like zombies and you like this show, but you want to laugh as well, give that one a shot. Karen... She laughs hysterically <laughs> out loud at Santa Clarita Diet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. I like it. Allison hasn't seen it. We'll have to oh, tell her to watch it. Oh, she'll love it. I'll get there. But thank you guys for listening. Um, as always, let us know what you think of this show. Did you like it? Did you not? Um, and if you guys are a fan of horror like we obviously are, give us some other recommendations. I know, again, we try to you know, put some lighter content in here as well we're always open to the you know the the creepy or the scary and the the dark horror shows as well so if you have any other suggestions let us know but until then you guys have a great day thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time bye bye